Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, the podcast that helps you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Schenk. And you won't be surprised to hear that uh, things have been busy here. And one of the things that we've been working on a, uh, a lot over the last few months has been helping organizations turn their strategies into strategic stories, which is a great way of get, getting everyone in the organization to understand the strategy. And Sean and I were having a conversation just before we did this podcast and uh, about a lesson, an, an insight that he had from a recent uh, recent workshop. So what was that one, Sean? Yeah, look, uh, I was teaching uh, essentially the, the company over in Western Australia, uh, their strategy story, and we'd done the high-level, almost like the vanilla version of it. And once we'd done that, that was fine. They were getting a good hang of the structure and everything. But the next version, I asked them to find a personal moment, especially around that turning point in the story. And... They, you know, they did that, and afterwards, I just looked at it. Look, how was that? You know, what did it feel like? You know, what did you notice? And the looks on people's faces—it was like you know, the light bulb had just really gone off for them. They went and they were saying things like, "Now that it has this personal moment, you know, it feels like they'd say things like, oh, it feels like my story now. Like I can, it totally transformed the story from them from from this script into something that." made sense you know that it was I guess the word meaningful it actually became meaningful for them and it's kind of it brings it to life for them exactly so and I, and I just sort of asked them whether that does this increase your likelihood of telling it and it was like yeah of course so we we want to tell this version whereas the first version you know they go eh, not too sure whether I'd actually tell that story or not and then once they get the personal moments in there all of a sudden it just transforms the whole thing and of course the story becomes their own yeah yeah, exactly. So it was a, just a nice little insight in in just, you know, it's something we do all the time in finding personal moments, but it was, I guess it was just the look on their faces and the, the, I think they were almost in disbelief that it could go from this broad generic thing into something that was specific and concrete and, and it was theirs. So I thought that was good. The other thing that actually happened, which I thought was nice too, there was a, there was a guy there who had only been with the company like four weeks and so we were talking about things that had happened over four years. And you could sort of see at first he was kind of like struggling as to how he would tell this story because, you know, he wasn't there. But the beauty of it, I was sitting not too far away from him as he was telling his partner the story. And he told the whole thing from the perspective of where he was sitting in his previous company and how he could see this company. It was a competitor of his, actually. And he told it from that perspective. It was a great telling, you know. Like, yeah. And again, it was his telling, you know. It was what he saw. And then he, he got to the bit where he then joined the company. I moved over and I saw this. It was terrific. And the strategy just really came to life. Anyway, it's good fun. But today we're, uh, we've got a story that Mark's going to share with, with everyone, you know. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Mark, and uh, so you can lay it on us. Well... Thanks, Sean. Um, it's about time we had a Steve Jobs story. Why not? We haven't had one, and uh, of course, uh, he's very well known for his uh, for his ability as a storyteller. I first came across this particular story from an interview done, I think, in 1996 by a guy called Robert Cringley, where he was basically interviewing the world's biggest geeks. Yes. And, uh, anyway, this interview had been lost for a while, and then in 2012, at, at, after Steve Jobs' death, the interview was re-released. Right. And uh, in it, Steve Jobs told uh, about an experience in the childhood that re really demonstrated to him the importance of uh, dynamic tension in the creative process. And what had happened was that when he grew up, there was an old guy living down the street, you know, guy in his 80s, 
kind of scary looking. Really? And uh, <laughs> so, and Steve was saying that he got to know the guy. He's not quite sure how, but maybe he mowed his lawn or something. But he kind kind of knew the guy. One day he was walking down the street and he walks past this guy's house and the the old guy, come on in, and he took him into the garage and he pulls out this bag and out of this bag he pulls this dusty old rock tumbler. You know, it was a motor and there was a coffee can, you know, like the size of a baby formula can and the drive band, the rubber drive band. And he set up the rock tumbler and then he said, come with me. And they went out into the backyard and sort of fossicked around in the garden and they found some rocks, just some dirty old ugly regular rocks. Yep. And they took them back inside the garage, put them into the can and into the can they put a bit of water, a little bit of liquid and a bit of grit powder. Then they put the lid on. And the, uh, the old guy turned the motor on and he said, come back tomorrow. And this can was making a racket as it was going around. The rocks and grit tumbling and smashing. And uh, he said, I came back the next day and uh, we opened the can. And the old guy poured into my hand from the can these beautifully polished rocks. Into the can, we'd put regular old ugly rocks and out came beautifully and they felt so smooth and, and the colors were amazing and it was like this amazing beautiful thing that had been produced simply by the process of rubbing together and friction and noise and producing a beautiful outcome So Jobs uses this as a metaphor for, for creativity. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. You know, it's, it's one of those uh, simple, you know, analogous stories that uh, you hear every now and then that you go, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It sort, of, it sort of connects up in a whole bunch of different ways, doesn't it? Um, so let's see. Let's what think, do you like about it? Well, yeah, I was just thinking the things that I like about it, probably the, the thing that stands out for me the most is – it's relatability in the sense that, you know, it's just a neighborhood guy. I kind of visualize kind of suburban houses, you know, walking past people's lawns. And, and the scary old guy, you know, there was generally the house that, uh, you know, with the uh, with the forbidding gate or the, the, That's right. the scary occupants. Yeah, exactly. You know, but so I, I can imagine that the relatability uh, is, is stands out for me. Because it doesn't hurt that the story is by Steve Jobs, who's famous, absolutely famous for producing beautiful products. Yeah, you know, yeah that's right. So you're getting advice. You're essentially getting advice directly from Steve Jobs, you know, via telling this story, right? So it's almost like the person who's hearing this story is hearing Steve Jobs give you some direct advice. Absolutely. And, of course, it was also kind of reflective of his personality because yeah, it wasn't yeah. exactly the easiest. A little abrasive. To get on with. <laughs> beautiful yeah yeah some would say uh, maybe a little bit too much in that area but uh, I think the other thing too and this is just the I guess the characteristics of metaphor is that with a metaphor you're not telling people this is like you know this is like that you're actually saying this is the thing but you the listener makes that jump themselves. They go, oh, so you're talking about collaboration. You know, you're talking about that friction in teams and things like that. And because you create it yourself, it's a little little it's buzz. powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's a little buzz when it happens, right? Yeah, I think one of the other things that works about that story, why it works, is it's so super simple. Yes, Just, a, just a, an event from childhood 
obviously struck a chord. Yes. Um, but it's another example of how humans have these experiences all the time that we, most of the time we don't even notice, but they can be really effective, deliver a really effective message in a, in a business environment. Actually, it does point out how important it is to, to be on the lookout for those things that are happening in your own life, right? So that you can make those connections. Yep. A, when you do it that way, people get a good insight into you as well. They get a bit of a sense of the type of person you are. So I'm amazed at how many people just go through life and not, not real, really see the stories around them. So one of the things that uh, I suggest to people is that just take notice of things that cause you to feel an emotion. Yes. Surprise. Right. Anger. Yep. Pride, happiness. Well, it tingles up your arms or something yeah. like that. You should be looking around like, what just happened? Yeah, what just happened? Because it's a potentially usable, usable business story. Yeah. I guess if it, it gives you an emotion, it's going to give someone else an emotion. There's a chance. Yeah, good yeah. chance. Yeah. And of course, one of the things is, if it doesn't, then you just throw it away. You don't try and hang on and make a... If you've got a dirty, grey, unpolished, ugly rock and it doesn't polish up very well at all... Throw it away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so I reckon there's some of the things that uh, uh, that work in that. I mean, so, I'm so just wondering. Good characteristics about that. Story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, lots of great characteristics. I um, is there anything you could do to make it better? Nothing really jumps out for me. I mean, I think it's a, one of those very simple, basic stories, right? Well, as yeah, as we talked about in the practice area, that one of the things that I did emphasize there was the the pouring of the rocks into the hand and that sensory thing, the imagery of the yes. beautiful rocks. Yes, so, right. Uh, coming out of the can. So that's one of the things that when you're practicing a story, it's useful to think about. Yeah, definitely. Now, what about um, where you might use this story? Where What are some of the places that this story makes sense? Well, I guess the, you know, the first thing that, that Steve Jobs, he, he actually used this um, to demonstrate how he thinks about, uh, he actually talked about it as being a metaphor for people who are working hard on a project that they're really passionate about. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you get a group of people who are really passionate and talented, and they're bumping up against each other and having arguments and sometimes fights, making some noise, but mm. all in the interest of producing that beautifully polished, crafted outcome. Yeah, I guess it's that idea that yeah, you got to have a clear a clear picture of that outcome so that you can get through those tensions and, and uh, you know, back and forwards that you might have. I think it'd be really good for the beginning of a team, you know, the team formation, because sometimes teams have a, I don't know, a rose-coloured picture of what the team is going to be like and how everyone's going to be singing Kumbaya and, uh, you know, having these... Oh, yes, the old forming, norming, storming and performing. Once we can get to that performing stage, everything will be smooth sailing. That's it. And oh, I've never seen it happen. Um, or very rarely. And certainly in those those teams that are really creating something very new and innovative, it's, you know, there's you should be some tension. I, I remember uh, seeing someone just the other night just making the point that if you have a strong idea... It means you're going to have disagreement because someone will have another strong idea which is counter to yours, right? And so you've got to knock it around. And if you've got a clear picture of where you want to go, you can tend to resolve it because you're heading for that thing. You can sort of go, oh, okay, right, let's head this direction. Yeah. Okay, so that first, that first application then uh, is in team formation, setting expectations, particularly around the fact that we're going to, if we're doing something that's new and innovative, we can expect that there's going to be some creative tension. Mm, some noise. Okay. Yep. So an, one for me is 
if you've got a team where you uh, you want people to speak up, so where you've got you're worried that people might shy away from conflict and uh, and therefore you miss opportunities for ideas and and uh, innovations uh, to occur, tell that story. Yes. Just say, look, if it's all smooth sailing, we're not going to be effective and innovative. So let's go, folks. Speak up. Yeah. If you've got a view, if you've got an idea, if you disagree with something, let's hear it. It's so interesting too that uh, how groups can get into uh, obviously their own mini culture around that. I remember when we did that project for uh, the big uh, energy company uh, up in New South Wales and we had that team leader who just took over newly as a team leader and the previous team leader did all the speaking and the team didn't talk, you know, in their meetings. And so when he came along... He just couldn't get them to talk. He said in the first instance he had to um, get people to talk about their what they did on the weekend. He had to sort of lead them into conversation. It was amazing. Anyway, he broke them of that uh, bad habit. I, I think the in addition to that sort of you know getting people to talk, it's almost like the flip side. It's it's how to uh, make sure you don't fall into that echo chamber. How do you break an echo chamber a little bit to sort of say, okay, let's not have the group think. Going here, let's try to get some different uh, perspectives again. You know, that's a speak up. Let's get some perspectives from the other way. I mean, it's interesting in organisational politics, I think people make the mistake of thinking that you should just be neutral, right? Don't step on and just don't don't don't, do this. Don't create waves. Don't create any waves. Now, maybe that is politically astute in some ways, but you would imagine a team that's just not going to get you anywhere in terms of a great outcome for your whatever you're creating, right? Yeah, and so I think that if you're in an in an organisation where you've got outcomes to produce, then it's you can't take the don't don't make waves. Yeah, yeah, it's going to um, yeah, it's going to be the death of you. And, and of course, team. there's another you know that famous um, uh, metaphor you or analogy you can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. Yes, indeed. So that's three things already. Another one I think is another business application of this is where there's conflict in your team, and you can actually. Use that story to create a positive spin on that uh, on the conflict. A frame for Look, it's them, okay yeah. for us to have different ideas. Uh, strong ideas, weakly held, and yes. use that story to illustrate the fact that where there where there are strongly held ideas, there's going to be conflict, and let's not let's not be worried about this. Let's just take a positive spin on it. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Okay, then, uh, rating. I guess it's my turn to kick off with yeah, the rating. Your, your, it's, that was your story. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, for me, it's a it's a very useful, easy story to tell. I'd actually give it an eight again. I mean, we've been on a roll for eights. To me, that's an eight story. Yeah. Look, I'm going to stick with not going to be influenced by what you said. I had seven in my mind, and I'm going to go with seven. Right. Um, I can see the argument for eight. Right, right. Yeah, and good. besides, we don't want to have groupthink. <laughs> That's right, we need some conflict. I totally disagree. All right, so um, one of the things that uh, we really appreciate uh, is that if you love the podcast and you think other people would uh, would like to hear it, then it'd be great if you could go to uh, iTunes or whatever place you go to and give us a rating. It really helps other people to find the podcast. And our objective is to help people build their business story repertoires. And the more people that do that, the closer we come to achieving our objectives. Yeah, that's great. Well, guys, thanks a lot for listening in on uh, Anecdotally Speaking. It's been great to have you here. Uh, tune in next week and we'll have another episode for you of how to put stories to work. Mm-hmm.